You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast. Shut the door and have a seat. It's time for Dead Men. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Jolla. And I'm Michael Rowland. Guys, we are here again for another episode of Dad Men. I hope you guys have been joining the show thus far. Uh, we've been having a fun time kind of breaking down each episode for you guys, giving you some good banter, uh, hopefully some good laughs, and um, we plan to continue that through the near future as we continue through season one. But before we get to the show, I got to yes. ask you, mm-hmm. how have you been? How's uh, your day? My day, you know, it's Friday. We usually record these on Friday. And um, today it was just, I'm fucking ready for the weekend, man. I mean, I, yeah, I'm same. usually, I'm not that type of person who's like, I'm working for the weekend. You know, I try to <laughs> try to mine the most gems out of every single day, whether it's a Monday yeah. or a Thursday or, you know, some, some other or day. Or Tuesday, one of my favorite days. Really? Is that one of your favorite days? It used to be when I was a, a kid, because I believe <clears throat> my parents used to have like different um, work schedules. So like my dad used to work at night, and well, it kind of switched around. But one person would work at night, and one person worked in like the morning slash daytime. And so I think my mom would have the daytime on Tuesdays, and that's not that sounds like a shot to my dad, but it's really not. It, I think. <laughs> When you're a kid, like, you just want to see, like, certain people in certain days or whatever, if they have off schedules or whatever the case. So sure. That's, like, a little cute anecdote of, like, I, I remember in my pa- in my memory when I was a child that I, I used to like Tuesdays, and that's mostly because me and my sister and my mom and um, my dad sometimes would be there during that day, depending on what's going on. But, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well. It's a cute, cute child memory. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't mean to sort of piss on your uh, your childhood memory, <laughs> your, your parade, but um, I do. You. Well, I, do you. I don't know. For some reason, my family and I we've always hated Tuesdays. We no, I don't think a lot of people like Tuesdays. Actually, I knew I was I was the oddball picking just, Tuesday as a cool day, and it's become this weird sort of uh, superstition where we're we're all just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on a Tuesday. We're like, oh well, it's Tuesday. Here we go. Uh, What's happening? And I my. Uh, you know, a previous relationship of mine, we like actively worked to make Tuesday good. Like we would make sure to go out to dinner on Tuesday or go do something fun on a Tuesday. So, um, what, what about uh, what about good old Tacos Tuesday? Everybody's trying to pump up Tuesday. We did that. We did that. <laughs> yeah, Taco Tuesday. And uh, yeah. t- Tuesday used to be the day for um, CDs and yes. movies, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think it's still movies, but. Music is now coming out on a Friday, which is just yep. too much goodness from one day. I mean, yeah, a lot on Friday going on, a lot of Friday. Yeah, I don't know. I think you you face a problem when you have too many good things happening on a Friday. Then people aren't <laughs> going to go into work. It's going to be this day where the whole economy collapses pretty soon. You know, we just need that siesta day. Then I think let's just get rid of Friday altogether as a work day. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the four day work work week. I've heard about that. That, that's been really, you know, the thing about, you know, they've been talking about that. They've also been seeing people talk about, like, you, you, you saw the stuff with, like, kids in schools 
like I guess high schoolers like having like a later start date. This has kind of been a conversation that's happened maybe like while we were in high school mm-hmm. in like <clears throat> like the mid two thousands or whatever. And I think it still goes on, but I don't think anyone has really changed times. Which does make a lot of sense, as you know, as a teenager, if you can, rem- if you can run back. Let me try to um, think that that far back. <laughs> that far back in time, <laughs> um, morning homeroom and all that in like the first class, like it's f- fucking tiring, yo. Like I would sleep or like lay like a lot of that. Everybody knows, like yeah. high school kids, the morning is not uh, not necessarily the sweet spot. No, I mean. When you're starting school that early, you're not getting kids at their best and brightest. Um, and I remember my schedule was just so fucking out of whack. I would like yeah stay up till two a.m. because I was addicted to the computer and the yep. Thank you. Same here. The music and the <laughs> movies and all that jazz. And then I would be the at animes. school. And well, we don't talk about anime on here. Uh, uh, you know, in Canto, hey, you? <laughs> you know, in Canto, that song. We don't talk about Bruno. Well, yeah, <laughs> this, we nice we can we, sh- we should uh, sing a version of that about anime. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> we don't talk about Goku. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't talk about Rudo. Short for Naruto. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Let's uh, go on the TikTok. We're gonna put that on the TikTok for sure. Yeah, um, that, that, that's it. That's definitely a TikTok. Make sure, right <laughs> make sure to follow us at Destiny Park Media. That's the production company that. Uh, gives us this beautiful studio space, and we're we're in the same room. Yeah, give us a like and a follow. Yeah, uh, that'll be helpful for us. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I love playing that arcade cabinet you got there, Jala. It's a fun game. Yeah, man, that Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> yeah, for my for my uh, my fighter my fighter fans, or I guess to say the FGC community, uh, fighting game community. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not Donkey so. Kong Country. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I, would I thought I was a Donkey Kong Country Machine. What the? I'm, well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And also, yeah, yeah I got uh, love for Donkey Kong. Yeah, and it wasn't an arcade game, so that would be really weird if you had an arcade cabinet for a Donkey <laughs> Kong Country. It'd be cool. It'd be cool, but it would be a little weird. I'd be like, it's a hack. It's yeah, a hack. I wonder if anyone's done that. That's a cool. We should research that and come back to that for the next episode. Has anyone ever made an a custom arcade cabinet for an SNES or Genesis mm-hmm. or Famicom or? Commodore or Atari. I don't or... want to spoil. I don't want to spoil, but okay, it has been. There's been some things out there in the woods. We will. We can talk okay. about it later. All right. I actually know Next a lot episode. about. I actually know a lot about video games. It, it doesn't sound like it, but um, <laughs> you last to brush it off. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like it. I just listed a bunch of systems, but I know last week we <laughs> talked about how I w- I was gonna get that switch set up. You know, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Did you end? Did you end up getting it? Uh, oh, it's right here. I haven't done anything with it. Oh, okay. Good times, good times. <laughs> so I know that I said <laughs> on the podcast there. I was going to do something with it, but uh, it's right over it's there. I'm looking right at it. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's only been a week. Yeah. If you want to, if anyone cares, which they don't, it's actually only been uh, five days since the last record. That's a good point. Enough bitter batter. He's like, I made that up. <laughs> that was cool, man, but I thought we were hitting the... <laughs> Hitting a zone there, talking about how many days it had been since the last record. <laughs> That's the type of shit I love in my podcast. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. It's all it's all on TikTok. This is all gold. All right. I think you were about to transition us to something involving men. Yeah. 
Mad Men. <laughs> all right, all right. Ep- episode three, man. Uh, Marriage of Figaro. It is 30-second breakdown time. Okay. Um, well, do you want to say who wrote the episode first? and Kind of the breakdown of everything? Yeah, before we do the 30-seconder. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Marriage of Figaro. This is episode three. Uh, the director was Ed Bianchi, and the writer for this one is Tom Palmer. Um, this this episode, not to get into the um, too deeply, because we need to do the thirty second breakdown. That's right. And I believe it's my turn. Yes. Yeah, I did it last week, so it's uh, you know your moment. Mike had of... a killer, a kill, a killer <laughs> thirty second. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to stay on pace with that. Okay. And. Um, this time I'm gonna have you throw the timer up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my okay under yeah. thirty seconds uh, synopsis. All right, man. Um, now I think we've talked about this before, so sorry if this is too insider baseball for the rest of the people. But um, do you think you seeing the stopwatch is a uh, is gonna be like cheating or, or I don't know? I I I think we talked about it before, and I I thought we shouldn't be able to see the stopwatch. Yeah, I think I think it should be a mystery to the person doing the thirty seconds. Okay. Round. And I'll just notify you when you uh, are out of time. Yes, yeah, so you just cut me. Dramatic dramatic cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to have to cut you. This is going to be so sad. I really don't want to cut you, man. But All right. Over Zoom, man. Over Zoom. <laughs> what do you mean over Zoom? We're in the same room. What are you talking about? No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Our, our walls do look very similar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if I'm an idiot watching us on... Uh, anyway. <laughs> if I'm one of the other, those awesome, intelligent people... Um, I say, well, they must be in the same room. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just facing like <laughs> we're like back to back. <laughs> That's why I can't see it. Yeah, every time Jala moves, I'm moving in the same exact <laughs> way. Uh, I'm getting off task. All right, so I'm gonna get. I have the stopwatch up right now. All right, man. And do you want me to do a three second countdown for you? Give me a three second to thirty. All right. All right, guys, get ready. I want the audience to uh, get their stopwatches too. All right. Three, two, one, go. Don is spotted on the train by an old army buddy. Don is disturbed by the encounter. Uh, Pete is back in the office after his honeymoon. And uh, Peggy is desperately wanting back on the Pete train. Uh, Don and Mencken are back and they share a kiss on the rooftop. Uh, Sally's birthday happens this day, and Don flees the party instead of bringing back the cake. I'm done. All right, you you got it done in about 26 seconds. Yeah, there we go. Mm, nice job, buddy. I think you uh, much better. I think you have the new record. Oh, I do. Um, what was yours last? Was it 27 seconds? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's like 27 seconds. Somewhere around there. Fans, go back, go back to the, go back to episode two. Yep. And hit us up on Twitter with uh, the time for Thank that because I actually I actually don't remember if it was twenty seven seconds or more. I I may have captured the new record at okay. least for now. At least for now, we'll keep track of it. I mean, we're gonna set up a whole wiki called the Datapedia, and uh, <laughs> yeah, ugh, very cute. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't like that. You don't uh, like it. That's kind of cute. It's well, it's kind of cute, but then I feel like the people who are searching for a daddy Wikipedia. but yeah great job you have the new record i'm just gonna make it i'm just gonna decree that you have the new record but then also i will uh crush you next week 
So I right, appreciate that, sir. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, namaste. 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 Okay. Um, all right. So we got the thirty seconds in. Um, so I guess all that's left to do now is uh, take a ride on the old carousel. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent. Sweetheart. So, for me, um, I don't have like vivid memories of watching this when it first came out because, again, I was watching them on the DVDs. Um, the only thing I know for sure is that this is an episode that I've watched. Pro- maybe it's up there with one of my most watched episodes, I would say, because like I have such clear memories of the. Uh, Sally birthday party, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> it's that, that's uh that that's definitely a, a highlight. Uh, a very, it's a highlight in that episode, of course. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing that I never picked up on about this episode before is that its structure is so unlike any episode of TV I've ever watched. Because the interesting thing is that it's got an A plot with Don. And then it's yep. got a B plot with Peggy and C plot with Pete. But those B and C plots, like, go away at the midpoint yeah, of the episode. they're very minute. And yeah. it's, the way I view it is it's almost like these two mini episodes of Mad Men. Um, one that focuses on the business, and then the other mm-hmm. that focuses on Don's personal life. And it's actually, I don't know if they do it again in the whole series, but I actually really think it's a neat format. Um, I like it too. But, I like it too. This is Don's episode. For the first time this season, we get to say this is Don's episode, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about that statement? <laughs> or, or, or should we say Dick Whitman? Well, that was interesting the, that the guy called him Dick reveal. Whitman. The reveal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. We'll that have to was see weird, what, right? We'll have to see what comes from that. Because yeah. uh, Don was rattled, but it's clear the guy <laughs> is talking to him. By the way, he when the guy leaves... He is so disturbed. Did you see his... He is so, like, beside himself after the guy leaves when he says... When he when he encounters him. It, it, it's, um... It's almost painful, like, watching him, like, almost like... He's, like, squirming he inside. Is. That's like, what I was so going to say. so disturbed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> and his voice... His voice during the whole encounter is really pinched and kind of weird. Um... The guy says, you haven't filled out. And Don says, or and he says, you must be a bachelor. And, and Don's like, no. <laughs> That's all he can muster at first. Uh, uh, no. Uh, no. I, I remember yeah. that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think um, in the first two episodes, I was saying that maybe Don isn't exactly like the character that you and I would grow to love as people who've watched the whole series. And um, he's pretty close here, if not there. I think his swagger is off the charts in this episode and uh yeah, yeah no i actually Definitely. um i found myself really really enjoying this episode what did you think of it yeah man um i'm glad you that's funny that you said that because uh when i when i watch this now i think it's it's so weird to say because i mean guys this is episode three of first season of a show that has how many seasons was it Seven altogether. Seven. Uh, <clears throat> seven is split into two parts. Seven A and yes. seven B. But yeah, it's seven still A seven. and seven B. Uh, it. I. 
I I think that this is probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, it's really early, but I really really enjoy what this episode was doing. Like, um, getting to hear Dick Whitman being said for the first time. Um, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of the party scene and just Don's like discontentment with his whole life and everyone and not even just Don even even Peggy herself like the their friends quote unquote friends around them kind of just praising them for like you know you know like uh Betty's friend uh Francine yes she she she's like just ogling Don as which is which is whatever, but like she's ogling him, like oh my god, you're so lucky, Betty. Like look at him, like you know what I mean, type right. type of thing. And um, she offers to join him in the shower, which is the thing that I, that was so funny to me. It's so awkward, I, and the thing that I like <laughs> about it is that Don reacts so like you know amused by it and like kind of yes weirded out. And Betty was like unfazed. I I really liked that interaction that they had because I. It didn't feel of the time. I don't know why. Like, to me, it kind of felt very, like... It wasn't rigid. Well... I expect that time to be a little... Like, people to be a little bit more rigid. Like, the fact that she made that joke and, like, they were both there and they kind of just laugh it off and, like... Or or understood that, okay, this is, like, Don's hot or whatever. Right. And Betty knows it. She knows it. Don's aware of it. And he just kind of, like, smirks and la- and walks away. Like, they were cool with the joke. I thought it was pretty funny. It was a, it was a fun way... Uh, to express that but the funny part for me is that don is someone who is adulterous and has affairs all the time and then this woman in this form in this format of his character or in this version of himself he is like kind of put off guard by that (laughs) meanwhile he's yeah anyway um but francine francine to be fair i think in the 60s when you're really comfortable with people and you're like best friends and francine seems like I, i don't know if this says anything about like me thinking she's a good person or something, but she's clearly one mm-hmm. of Betty's best friends. So yeah, absolutely. she yeah, she absolutely. can afford to loosen the uh, uh, what's the word uh, the rigidness of the '60s a bit and say, uh, "You want me to join you?" I mean, uh, Francine is a character that, as we get to know her, she's a, she's like a comic relief character in that how awful she is. how awful she is. Yeah, oh, she's God. very she's very. Um... She fits the mold of uh, maybe a traditional housewife with some wit. You know what I mean? And the busybody of the neighborhood. The busybody of the neighborhood, the gossipy. This Mm -hmm. is like the gossipy girl, you know what I mean? Like That's kind of like Francine's whole thing. For sure. Um, For sure. uh, It's it's an old prototype model, but she's she's great. She's great in it. She has has some fun scenes in there. Um, (laughs) The... um, you know, you know, a not so a a not so like humorous part of the episode that I actually never caught on until seeing it again. Now, I don't know why it never came across me. At least I don't remember it. <clears throat> is when Don's out to get the cake, and I, clearly he's not going back. He's under a bridge next to a train a train track. Yeah. And he's just staring at the train track as it goes by, and he's just contemplating, contemplating. And it hit me. I was like, oh, shit. He's actually thinking about killing himself right here. 
that that's what I got from it. Mm-hmm. When I when I was watching it, I I thought when I first saw it, I just thought you know maybe he's just gonna like I don't know like trying to get away and just sitting there. But he actually was very. He almost was breathing heavily because he was kind of trying to psych himself up to maybe doing something about it, but he never, huh. he, he never did. Um, he was just staring at the train as it passed by, and I I made that connection with the disdain that he feels in his current situation of life, where from the outside, as I said, with the friends and everything, they see it as a you know a perfect family s- system. You got the amazingly hunky husband who you know builds things for his kids and you got the uh pretty house you know housemaker wife who's serving drinks and you know making sure everyone is good at the party sure but inside they don't feel they don't they don't have at least don i know betty also has a weird it doesn't have that same she doesn't see it that way either like she understands that from a visual standpoint that their relationship looks great on paper but knows that there are issues within it and don's completely kind of just uh going with uh, uh what's the word um going through the motions as yeah. far as playing that he's really now just playing the dad role um knowing that this is not this is not what he wants for himself this is what this is my synopsis of kind of Don's thinking, sure. especially in this episode, and it really shows itself uh, during the party scene. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I um, it I didn't notice that he was breathing heavy or anything when he was watching the train, but I think that scene, you can read it a few different ways. He's definitely filled with existential dread and ennui um, yep. with yep. what's going on. There's a line of the episode that I want to make sure I get it across early in our pod because it's i think it's the line that sums up the episode and maybe almost the whole series in a way um yeah for sure i'd love to hear it. it's when the neighbor says to don we got it all huh and exactly don says yep this is it yep this is it <laughs> and that's there's there's a great double meaning there you know or it's like yep Beautiful. this this is it that's all there is uh yep and when last the emptiness week, there's an emptiness in that yeah and last week when, when Betty was going through her stuff and, and Don is trying to convince her that she has everything and she, she is happy, he's also kind of talking to himself a little bit. Let's not, mm-hmm. let's not, I don't think it's too far for me to say that. Um, no, maybe, definitely, definitely. Maybe Don would say, hey, too far, man. <laughs> you can't say shit like that. You don't know me. But uh, yeah, I, um, the party is a wonderful scene that helps you get to know not just Don, but Betty and... The whole world, and and we didn't. I don't think we covered this last week, but Helen Bishop moving in is a a huge like surprise to all the other people on that block. And um, the idea that I thought was this is one of the things that's like so iconic about the show yeah. is seeing all those uh, women talking about how Helen Bishop just walks. She just yo, walks. And yo, and... <laughs> I wrote, I wrote that. That was. That's one of the things Hilarious. that I. That's one of the things I remember from first watching it. Jala is is that that sequence that feels so real for like what people in the '60s would be talking about. Like they just walk and they don't know where they're going. Sometimes they stop. It, yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> it, it's amazing. It's amazing because it's so dated in the thinking. Um, Helen Bishop, to break it down, well, two things. Um, one. 
I don't remember her being set mentioned in the second episode, and she probably was, and maybe I missed it. Um, but I don't know if we saw her on screen. Um, but I could be very wrong. Like, well, not to interrupt you, but I'm interrupting you. Uh, sorry, I, <laughs> I apologize. But so what <laughs> happens is is that. Uh, I think it's Francine tells Betty, oh, we have a, did you hear we have a, di- a divorcee moving in here? Um, Got it. And there goes the, the property values are going to go down, or there goes the neighborhood or stuff like that, you know? Yeah, um, that type of idea. And Betty, when she's driving and she has her episode with her hands, she sees Helen Bishop moving her boxes into her house. That's it. That's it. So. That's it. That's right. That's right. Betty's... I think I was focused on her crash with right. the kids, and I actually forgot to make note of the neighbor that had just moved in. Hey, um, that's why I'm here. No, perfect. I'm exactly. Look, I'm looking out. I'm looking out for the single ladies on the show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Am I, I right, guys? I don't see a <laughs> ring. She's fictional, but you know, she's <laughs> she's single. The second thing I want to bring about Helen, um, Helen Bishop. Uh, incredibly, um, I would say she, she seemed, the women treat her as as if she's a rare breed. Um, and that that gives Helen a lot of layers and also adds some modernism to her as a character. Her having to raise her son by herself and kind of like do it all. I guess maybe it wasn't something that was very common of the time, or if it was common, it wasn't something that happened in the in the suburbs, you know, where they live. Um, and so the walking scene, because if you think about it, <clears throat> she's a single mom. She's got a, She's doing a lot of work by herself. She's taking care of the kids. She's she's going to work. Um, I I know that game, being like you know being the pandemic daddy mode, like doing doing a lot of the stuff during the day and wanting some unwind time. And so what she was doing is like, she's like, yeah, you know, I just get out and walk around, you know, just walk, just, you know, just walk because I like walking. And they're just dumbfounded. They're like, but, <laughs> but, but where are you going? <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, yeah, I don't, you know, just anywhere, just walking. And she says, she says, um uh it clears her mind which which i think is incredibly important for i think parents people that caring for um just caring for children just in general when you have responsibilities that take up a lot of your time it's important to have downtime where you can de-stress um and Helen was already on that train. Mm-hmm. And the housewives, they couldn't wrap their head around it. They, they're like, de-stress. Clear your mind? Why would you need to do that? <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's, 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 it was very I was laughing at that scene. I thought it was so funny. Well, and, and Francine and Betty were talking about it earlier in the episode. And then they were talking about honeymoons. And, uh, and Helen mentions a trip that she took where... Um, she went to uh, France. France, right? And Francine's like, "Oh, you must have loved it there, you know, since there's so much walking, and it's just so <laughs> passive aggressive." aggressive. <laughs> there's lots of those those housewives. I mean that that stupid dad. We'll talk about him later. Um, but there's that stupid oh, yeah. dad slash neighbor who says those hens are gonna peck her to death. But he has a point. I mean, they get pretty. 
uh, yeah, they get a little her. um <clears throat> yeah, because of the 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 way that it, it's just um it's an interesting dynamic um having a bunch of I guess housewives in the 60s together and conversating about this and that. Yeah. You know, uh Francine being kind of like the like we were saying before the gossipy girl, she's like, "Yeah, I seen you walking around like you know, da 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 da. You know, basically going into the fact that like I'm saying I'm saying this because you just walk places. And yeah. It's, it, it basically saying that's weird. You know what I mean? Like it's weird that it's weird that you walk around and stuff. So. Francine also is a big fan of anti-Semitic uh, jokes, which we should uh, avoid talking about. <laughs> uh, what was the? So you don't uh, want to talk about it, but uh, I'm trying to remember what the joke was. Well, so one of the ladies is going on a vacation. Uh, somewhere or another where uh, they're they're talking about somewhere that has a lot of mosquitoes and Francine says mosquitoes aren't going to be the only bloodthirsty thing with a large nose that you have to worry about or something like that oh shit I totally I, I yeah I must have missed and yeah, then totally she says that that, I, that's wild um, uh, Betty says Francine like but then she does a little <laughs> smile afterward like oh you and no, they always do that smirk. That, that yeah, that, that when someone misses. Stop. Yeah, and and Francine says, "What? I just want to feel comfortable. We were outnumbered. There's, there's. You want to be? Yeah, it's so wild. Yeah, so wild. No, it was a, it was so a wild. Jewish, uh, people comment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna very, edit this very, out of our yeah. episode just so you know, because I don't want to go there. But it's, oh, okay, it's that's a bad. Fine. It's a bad. Ugh. But. No, that was the no time. Worries. It was cool. I mean, and there's there's all sorts of. Uh, it wasn't cool. There's I'm not saying it's cool, but of course, there's a lot of that in this. Episode. <laughs> yeah, well, there is. Th- th- there's a few pieces. Um, if we want to leave the party and go backwards a little bit, um, well, I think let's just. <clears throat> let, I think we're done with the carousel. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that'll work perfect. So for me, I would say this is a uh, four martini episode. I would say now we're getting good and. Um, mm-hmm. The, the crazy part is that there's two half martinis left to go in the scale because I had a fun time with this. And uh, really cool that the show's already starting to feel so sure-footed three episodes in. And absolutely all the characters that we love are really feeling close to perfect. So I, I would... They're definitely getting there. They're definitely getting there. And this is a few more people to come around, but they're yeah. definitely getting there. And I'd say the reason why I think this is a four-martini episode is because... There's multiple iconic moments from the party to um, Pete coming back to his office to um, the walking scenario. I mean, it's, and, and of course, Dick Whitman being said, which if this is your first time watching the series, you don't know why that guy called him Dick Whitman. But pay attention. There's a reason why he called him Dick Whitman. and It's a breadcrumb. I don't, I don't know if that counts as a spoiler, so I don't think it does. No, it because it's... it's been said in the episode, so it's like... People are already have their antennas up. Why? Why? Why that name? Why is that being used? Yeah, but then maybe there's one person out there who's like, "Wait, I thought they were never going to bring it up again." <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> Why'd you guys have to spoil it? Uh, anyway, sucks. The show's ruined. Yeah. <laughs> Four martinis from me, my friend. I was actually very pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed this one. So. Same. I'm. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I can't deviate. I can't deviate. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a four Manhattans for me. Okay. It's a four. Cool. Yeah, it's a, I I really enjoy it. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Um, I, I 
I know it's 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 a negative. It's a it's it's not a right move, but I um like I said before, I love Rachel Mankin, and I love her and Rachel Mankin's whole thing, and uh, we start to see that a little bit more in this episode. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed the the uh, the Pete coming back and uh, the Pete and Peggy saga still continues whether we like it or not <laughs> well I, I like it I, I know you don't like it as much but i like it that's true that's true that's true i'm definitely on the not so much but but um but it's it's still very entertaining and um it gets it gets more fun it gets more fun from here so yeah uh, it um i can't wait to see what what comes next um I believe that's all I got for this episode. It's a fantastic episode. Highly recommend. Uh, definitely, uh, if you guys are watching at home, I hope you guys watch that before we're listening to this. So definitely oh, yeah. check this one out. That's always our recommendation is you, you got to watch the show and then listen to the pod. Otherwise, you, you get your opinions colored by two bozos. Uh, yeah, you don't, want, you don't want opinions from these guys. The, the two, two mics. <laughs> two, two bozos <laughs> with uh, an arcade cabinet and a... Uh, well, and nothing. <laughs> Just nothing back here. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so it's funny you bring up Rachel Mencken because we're, we're getting into Sterling's gold now. Cue the music and all that. Remember, Don, when God closes a door, he opens a dress. This is a segment where we talk about like the best, funniest quotes from the episode. And I got to say, Rachel Mencken is like a beast in this episode. She's on fire, I think. And I... I I don't know why I, I never so much. I don't know why I never gave her her due back in the day when I watched it, um, but she has some really funny lines in this too. I was surprised, and so does Don. Uh, yeah, Don's great. I don't know. Uh, what do you? What was your pick for like the funniest moment of the episode? Because for me, I have a few that I need to decide between. I don't believe this is the funniest line because this is kind of really a throwaway Sterling uh, Sterling line. Right. Um, Rachel really kind of steals the show in a lot of the com- the comedy in this episode. Um, it's not really comedy. She's just so like witty and um, and clever and and smart. She's deeply that, uh, she's deeply intelligent. Yeah, I just love it. I love it. Um, Sterling has a quote, not super hilarious, but I thought it was like his one liner before leaving an episode that he's barely in. Uh, I think he's basically <laughs> I think he basically says. I want the Chinaman out before noon, basically, in the office. Right. Uh, we didn't mention it before, but uh, when Pete goes into his office after leaving the honeymoon, or after coming back from his honeymoon, goes to his office, opens the door, uh, there's just like a random, I guess, Asian family in um, in his office, like eating, yep. like having lunch, basically. Yep. And uh, and the guy, the 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 guy, the, the the Asian dad is like, close the door, close yeah. the door <laughs> to Pete's own office, which I think, what I thought was actually pretty funny. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, I I would like you to go go on your go on your uh, Rachel your Rachel Rachel lines. I want to hear some of these. I think you're right on about how Sterling isn't that funny in this episode. I think I. I don't know. I, I think this might be the first episode dry. where he's not really that funny. I think the it's it's this is kind of later in the show that you realize this, but usually every single line of his is either funny or just perfect. So I think the only thing that A gets there, 
the only thing that gets there for me from this episode from him is when he's leaving the uh, meeting about the like laxative product they're working with, and uh-huh. and he just says it in such a funny way. He goes, "I don't want to hear this," <laughs> and <laughs> it's it, it's a double meaning thing where it's like he he doesn't want to hear about this account because one, it's not really his account; it's Pete's. Two, it's about shit. You know, it's about constipation. Right. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to hear. It. I think I'll just. I, I know that last week I got kind of rage filled because I was do, saying too many quotes, so I won't do too many. I think I'll just stick with this one, and if okay. if the other ones come up organically, then that's fine. Um, and if they come up orgasmically, well, that's even better. Ooh, yeah, that's even better. <laughs> that'd be weird though. <laughs> I I don't know if that'd be appropriate. Uh, so <laughs> so there's this kind of serious moment where Rachel Menken and Don are by the back of the store. And because um, Don comes to visit her store uh, under the guise of doing research for the account, and also he needs new cufflinks. But they go to the back of the store where um, two dogs are kept, and it's two dogs that she named. And it's actually uh, in the bylaws of the store that, you know, <laughs> every generation of the dogs has the same name. So this is the third generation of, and I don't know the names. Um, but so it's a cute thing that little baby Rachel Menken had her dad make, which was that every dog that guards the store is going to have every two dogs that guard the store is going to have these two names. Um, so that's, but Don and, and Rachel, they kind of have this moment where Rachel is revealing her childhood to Don. I won't get too into it. Don says some, some cheesy line about who she, she shouldn't try to convince him that she was ever not loved puts his hand under her chin they kiss and now comes the fun part where they talk about how it was a mistake it shouldn't have happened um and in the middle of this scene (laughs) um not only is this a great character moment but i think it's hilarious so um and it kind of destroys don so don says to her i knew what i wanted from the first yeah i knew you're gonna say exactly what i was just saying i love this line too go ahead i knew what i wanted from the first time you stormed out of our office and then she goes you stormed out of your office. <laughs> and she says it in that way where she's like, you did that. What the hell are you talking about? Right. I didn't storm out. Cause, and it's true. Don is rewriting history so that it's her storming out of the office. Uh, right. He's chasing her, right? And also it shows how proud he is that he's sort of rewriting history in his head. Uh, but I just thought that was so funny. And Rachel is so cool. And I don't know. The way her... Outfit is at the store is uh, it's a totally different look. Her hair is awesome. The costume design mm-hmm. for her is just they love making her costumes. You can tell because yeah, she's great. I think great. it sounds they, like they, we they love definitely her. Definitely did her up. We we sound like we're in love with her, man. It, well, Rachel, but she's, you know why she's though? Cool. You know why? Yeah, she. You'll see as as we go through season to season and things things occur. You'll see why this character is as cool as she is. Uh, um, later on, I don't want to say too much more. No, no, that. no. But but she has a what, sp- what I w- <clears throat> go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that she has a spine and she's not like yes. she's putting up a decent fight against the charm of the Don Draper persona, you know. And she has a real a strong persona, boy. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's not just some like I won't use any bad language, but she's not that type of whatever you would call a woman that's too. Um, 
uppity with a man you know back then she's right she's incredibly right. you can tell she's a really thoughtful and emotional person and she had to be really strong to take over her dad's business and uh, absolutely but she has a i think we, we've talked about this before she has sort of a soft heart and a soft center that she doesn't want to open up to anybody and then here she is being so vulnerable and then it's so heartbreaking for me when she says i just looks i just so looked forward to seeing you and he's married. I know, man. Ugh. I know. I know. It's painful. It's like, it's it's it, it's, it, but that's the beauty of it. Like she's so, um, she's so, she kind of like. Don as a as a guy, like him alone without the family and everything like that. Don is a man. Like his style. Of, gels with her style very well i can tell that don kind of likes a stronger more um you know sure of themselves uh partner it seems you know and um he really gets that from 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 rachel's character and i really love there's a scene uh, not a scene there's a line uh while they're out while while they're up on the on the building um and he looks at her and she's like don't look at me like that he's like he's like what do you want me to run along your life like uh, she says something like you want me to run along like you're basically i don't know the full quote i apologize the quote is actually really good quote so go back and watch that part but she's basically saying you want me to run along or tag alongside of you while you live your life as if she's like some you know, side girl, basically. Like I can, and she's like, I can't, I can't do that. And and Don doesn't even answer <laughs> because yeah. Don Don's answer is yes, <laughs> yes. I think what, so that's too. What I, I think that's what he do. wants. Yeah, he. He's like, yeah, I want you to do that. <laughs> well, and you say that he wants a strong partner. He likes that, but he likes that in addition to what he has now, which is he he wants right. a dismiss or dismissive a submissive wife at home. So, I think the real answer is that. Don doesn't know what he wants, but he knows right now he wants this lady who he believes stormed out of his office. But in actuality, he stormed out of his office. Um, right. Exactly. Not to jump all over the uh, shop a bit in terms of our segments, but I did want to mention that in the past I've been too hard on the show for um, saying, oh, I, I go like, oh, this is too on the nose. And they're being too like, this was the 60s. Um, I really <laughs> enjoyed the discussion that's in the in don's office about the uh lemon ad from was it volkswagen yeah it was volkswagen yeah. yeah i thought that was really well done and um you could you could argue it maybe belabored the point but i think it's a cool moment where everyone's talking about this ad in a pretty natural way and don has a classic line where basically the, the gist of the line is, you know, you can think whatever you want to about something, but when you've been talking about it for 15 minutes and it's captured your attention, then uh, mm -hmm. that says it all. Like they they got their uh, their wish. And just another another thing, I'll talk about Pete in my segment. Um, but Pete was on it when he said that I think it's brilliant because it turned out to be one of the most beloved ad campaigns mm -hmm. in uh, in history. I mean, I yep yeah. I don't know. I I had seen that ad before. The it for those who don't know, it's an ad that says uh, "lemon," and I didn't get why that was clever until I read up on it. And it turns out that they're saying, "Oh yeah, this beautiful car that you see in this ad, it has like a a piece of paint chipped off of it, 
that you can't even see and now it's a lemon and we have to fix it you know <laughs> uh, yeah this is the this is the volkswagen uh, mag or i guess magazine ad yeah it's got a volkswagen pictured on it and then just in thick bold lettering says lemon yeah um, um so yeah we'll get into that in mod men i think but i just wanted to say for the record they did a good job with that one and my my pal pete was right on the money so yes indeed that that uh, that fresh pair of eyes really helps with this a lot of the new campaigning that's going on yeah and he he's just naturally always had good taste on the show whenever he says uh an opinion of his it usually turns out to be correct now is he always correct in his life choices well i don't know <laughs> uh let's go to michael's mental health nook and pied terre and this is the segment of the show where I talk about mental health or relationships. Um, I, I, I cover all sorts of stuff in this segment here. And uh, Absolutely. I want to talk about Pete because I, I foresee myself getting a lot of blowback for loving Pete. He's, <laughs> he's my favorite character on the show and I love him so much. And, you know, in the pilot, you and I agreed that he's not the Pete that you and I know. He's not our buddy. No. You definitely like, evolves. You like him too, right? Or are we going to have to stop the pod? Uh, you know, this is probably my last episode, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, I'll, I... I'll, uh, I'll get a new mic on. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to fit the bill. You just got to say that your name is Mike and uh, you're ready to rock. And you have to have... You gotta... No, uh... <laughs> no, Pete, um... I, I learned to understand who Pete is. Okay. Because Pete... You don't know why he is the way he is early on. And a lot of that gets revealed later on in the show. Actually... Not to say too much. Well, in the next episode, it's a Pete-centered episode, and it's one of my fucking favorites, so I'm really fucking excited Ooh, to talk about it with you I next think, week. So I guess we're going to see I guess we're gonna see yeah, it sooner than later. Yeah, but, uh, That's going to be good. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is this is the my favorite side of Pete. In the first episode, they have him being more of a frat boy weirdo. Um, by the way, I don't know if I've said this before. I'll cut it out if I have, but I think the people who hate Pete, there's an old saying that you hate the things that remind you the most of yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you remember me saying this? You did not. Okay. So I've had this theory for as long as I can remember. So a few weeks now I've had this theory. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and basically my theory is that everyone who hates Pete is secretly just like him um, because you you hate the things that remind you of yourself you see and uh shots fired yeah yeah i'm saying i'm saying it. and then here's everyone commenting i i'm not like pete first of all i don't live in america so there you go <laughs> that's another that's one thing right there um i'm not a little weasel <laughs> i'm not a little weasel and then it's like a little weasel type in the car a literal weasel uh but anyway, I, I don't know if that's 100% true. It's just an old adage. Don't take it too seriously. Yeah. This is a fun podcast. Course, We're course. having fun. We're having fun. Tongue in cheek. Damn it. Hey, stop yelling it, all right? We're having fun. <laughs> They're yelling, man. I'm not yelling. Uh, now I'm gaslighting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so so um, what I love about Pete isn't the weaseliness, because he is a little weasel. You know, he, he does act like a little prick sometimes. What I love is that he's the most socially awkward character in TV history, maybe <laughs> even more than Michael Scott. <laughs> what I what I love is that he he goes over to Peggy's desk, <laughs> kind of 
it kind of you know he's like hey uh i'm back and she she doesn't know what he means by that so she's like yes i i see you uh he goes so i should be on the list for the meeting peggy explains it professionally she didn't know when he was going to be back and he says well i'm back now so uh <laughs> and uh then there's this awkward don't give peggy don't don't give peggy uh don't give peggy any um um shit man she she was staring at him yeah she smiles she's yeah. cute she was she she was hungry that was the hungriest stare <laughs> she, she's she, pete goes pete goes pete goes hey um about uh last last time when we uh well he does that after his first spiel where he says well i'm here here i am <laughs> and then there's this <laughs> yeah. awkward silence and then he looks around a bit and says uh, Peggy, you remember when I came over that night? And she goes, yeah, I was there. It's actually she, a funny exchange. She, she goes, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. does not. She says, I was there. Come on. But listen. Go, go back and watch it, guys. She, Hungry stare. She is staring at him, but in a cute way. She's excited to see him. And she has a little smile she on is. as he's coming over. But she, she, is. she here's the thing that is, makes Pete so socially awkward. Is that he he asks her if she remembers when he came over. She says, yes, I was there. And he says, I'm married now, dot, dot, dot. So, dot, dot, dot. And leaves the onus and the heaviest part of the conversation up to her. Where she says, That's true. I, I get it. That's it true. won't happen again. Then he kind of shrugs like a piece of shit. And then when she says, do you need me to let you into the meeting? He says, the door looks kind of open. Thanks. So he's... He's not only is he an asshole in that scene, but he's completely socially inept and really confusing and weird. Um, yeah, yeah, he he's very immature in that way. Basically, yeah. it's an immature exchange for him. It is, and uh, <clears throat> Peggy kind of melts. Uh, not melts, but she. Um, that's probably not the right word. She, she's she's she shot down because you see the pain in her eye after he leaves the scene, and she's like, "Fuck!" Like you know, she really. Like I said, she really wanted back on the P train. She, she's she's not gonna she's not gonna let go. Well, she missed so him. Quickly. She missed him, you know. And yeah, I I don't know. Um, one thought, one part of the episode that I think is underrated in terms of like exploring the characters is that when uh, when Rachel is at the meeting with them, she comes back and all is cordial, and um, she's sitting next to Don at the meeting, and Pete picks up on the fact that. Don and Rachel have this chemistry and they're, you know, they have some physical chemistry where Don's cufflink falls off and, um, and, you know, she flicks it back to him. Kind of cute. Uh, but Pete is so rattled by this that he has, uh, Harry Crane come to his office to talk to him about it. And basically, I have a piece on this too. Yeah. Basically, Harry lets Pete know that, like, it's kind of cool as a guy to enjoy women in the limited way a married man can enjoy them where he's saying, I'm not going to cheat on my wife, but I'll right. flirt with women and I'll enjoy the attention. Well, he said he wasn't very good at it. Right. He's like, and Harry isn't. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't really know how to ride that line because even the last episode is yeah. actually a perfect example. <laughs> yeah. It's an, uh... Where he says, well, um, he can't even play along. He's just like, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, 
I, I'm married. Yeah. He's like, you still have to eat. Yeah. You still have to <laughs> like, eat, you fucking idiot. Calm down. Right. Like, can you, like, be cool and just be we're like, not yeah, actually gonna, go lunch. We're not actually going to do anything to these women. Uh, <laughs> Ken's pissed about that. Uh, yeah, he's very pissed. But the interesting thing, you had mentioned that one part of the episode felt kind of modern. There's this moment where Pete says, or, well, Harry Crane says, I don't know, it may not be enough for some guys, but it's enough for me. And Pete goes, mm-hmm. same. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think they said same like that in the 60s. Maybe I'm wrong. That seems more like a 90s invention. Same. Same, same. <laughs> but he does yeah. say, same. I always thought Draper was one of those guys. But the funny thing is, is Pete's like, yeah, same. I've always thought that flirting with women while I'm uh, married is, is, and this is a guy who's been married for a week, you know? <laughs> That's what I find funny. I know he's like he's he's really trying to own this this uh, this this uh, this this uh, husbandship that he's like newfound husbandship he has. But and um, he he has opinions about being a husband and what's right, and it's just funny because he's so young at it. But so I would just say, guys, uh, the thing that Pete did that was wrong was leaving it up to Peggy to d- define the terms of their relationship, and then after having the talk with uh, Harry, he uh, he leaves the scene and leaves the episode. By walking by Peggy and saying, you look nice today. And uh, what's sad about it is that he has now successfully jerked with her feelings and sent her mixed messages where he says nothing can happen. And then he gives her a crumb of, you know, affection by saying, you look nice today. And Peggy's face at the end breaks my heart there. Um, Just breaks my heart. But... She liked it though. She, she, when, when, when Pete said that, she was like, okay... I'm I'm thinking in her head she's like okay well but look at her he, look he, at her he, face he th- though she's not smiling or her happy she just looks kind of like dazed almost yeah I think she thought I think she was thinking like okay he gave me a compliment he didn't even have to say that there's hope I, th- yeah that that's it she sees that there's a crack in the door that that that's my thing she's like I thought when he said the thing before about the married thing and. He was basically done with it that it was going to be like no contact basically yeah and when he said that thing <clears throat> he basically cracks the door open and i think she's like <laughs> okay all right i can do i can i can do a crack door open for now like you know what i mean so, well when you get a compliment from the person you have a crush on it's just the best feeling in the world Ugh. exactly man exactly okay dude um do you want to do a dad break it's, it looks like it's that time of the show let's get to the dad break Dad break, dad break, time to take a dad break. <laughs> a dad break. That's uh, <laughs> my horrible Netflix kids show opening. This dad break. Um, again, the wine, the Chardonnay, the butter. That's what we're doing today. Um, dad break. Today is Friday. This is also the release of Kendrick Lamar's fifth studio album, anticipated, highly anticipated, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, This is five years in the making, I believe, so highly anticipated. Um, uh, Last week, he gave us... um, the song called is like a free single called the heart part five mm-hmm. um i don't know if you've been if you guys have been around listening seeing headlines basically it's a uh, a lot of coverage around the around the music video to the heart part five which is 
um, Kendrick using uh, the deepfake technology and uh, in the music video changing his face a couple times to a couple like notable um, black uh, figures, uh, O.J. Simpson, Kanye West, um, uh, Nipsey Hussle, Kobe Bryant, and Will Smith is in there too. Um, Lots of uh, controversial figures. Yep, on purpose. Um, this song kind of talks about the the hard part. Five kind of talks about um, how a lot of things. Honestly, I can't just surmise it into one. But a lot of the main themes that are talked about in the song is how black culture and some of the negative sides of things that we see in the it, that that we see go on with deaths and. Uh, murders and lies and things of that nature being labeled as culture sure um and uh him kind of trying to remove that that label of these negative things being labeled as culture and we should grow past that um and take a lot of the jewels and and the positivity and the messaging that we got from late great people that we lost over the over the last uh, past couple years uh, nipsey hustle being one of them um, who was like an influential um, underground West Coast rapper um, who was like lifting up his community while making music and trying to put money back into the hood and things of that nature. And um, it's a powerful song. I don't know if you if you uh, saw the headlines of that or have seen song. I know you know Kendrick Lamar um, as a rapper. I guess I guess he's been rapping since. I mean, he's been rapping for a while, but made his debut kind of around 2009, 2010. Um, you aware of him? I'm aware of him. I Unfortunately, I was just thinking today how I've never heard a single note of his music, I don't think. Except for like, mm. I think he was at that Super Bowl performance and... He was, yeah. He was at the Super Bowl. I'm like completely oblivious to his music, though, aside from the performance at the Super Bowl halftime show this year. But... I really appreciated the dancers that he had, and the song seemed pretty tight. So, um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, man. So you're he's a he's a he's a very profound artist, um, <clears throat> insanely artistic with not only his visuals that he does for his music, but the messaging is is strong. I think he's probably one of the best artists that do medicine in the candy. You, you know that concept? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think he's I think he's probably one of the best to ever do. To, to do that um, he's is is a uh, his messaging is very dense but his but his production is um is something that everyone can really bop to um this album though this new album mr morale and the big steppers this one is a very experimental sounding non-conventional album honestly this this album that he did is i've only listened to it once fully and i've heard and i've listened to a few songs okay um here and there um so i need to sit down and listen to it from top to bottom again but um this is therapy this is a therapy session this this album okay this is this is a lot of um this is a lot of him exposing um, some traumas and things that happened in early life and how he's working on building up those um, working with with basically 
therapy and building up his, you know, his mental well-being and um, because he's a father of two children now and he kind of wants to right the wrongs of the past. And so he's utilizing his music to express that in an album. And that can be very challenging, especially with a topic that's so dense and layered as therapy is with, you know, and trauma and all that stuff and trying to put it into a packageable album. Um, he's not, and he, but that's the beauty of Kendrick is he's not, um, he's not afraid to jump out and be different. And that's, that's one thing that I really enjoy about him. Each album that we get is always sounds different than the next. And it's not something that's forced. It's very, it's very natural. Um, and I think given the catalog that he has, um, he gave you his first album, which was Good Kid, Mad City. That album is <clears throat> basically a uh, coming to age story. It talks about like his youth and like how he came to be where he is now and like the trials and tribulations of, of living in Compton. Um, so he gave you, he gave you an album that talked about him and how he grew up. He gives you to Pimp a Butterfly, which is the second album, which is, came out around the time of like the police, a lot of the police brutality, uh, police brutality that was happening around 2013 to 2015 era, um, before we got the George Floyd, uh, stuff that happened later on. Sure. Um, and his album was really trying to uplift black people and, um, kind of, kind of giving a, showing people that, um, just showing people that there's more beauty in life and knowing our worth and, and, and it's a very, it's a very like self-love, um, album that I, that, that, that I, um, I guess that's the way I like to describe it. Um, a little choppy with that description, but you get the third album after that, which is Damn, and that uh, well, the album is called Damn. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, just so I do know that one. Uh, we're, <clears throat> yeah, so we're clear. And that that was the last release he had uh, five years ago, um, and that album was more commercially built, so a lot more bangers on that album, more commercial hits on that album. Um, still, still, still deep meaning in that album album's kind of more about being introspective um and then we get this one five years later we're getting a there basically a a a bloodletting session and um it's uh it's really amazing what he does with it um the production is completely unorthodox but it's but it's but it's really amazing um cool i gotta i gotta live with it more uh i really enjoy it now but with Kendrick's stuff, a lot of times you really got to listen to it a couple of times and uh, some of the concepts start to really set in. The The overall album starts to sound pretty good. So I, that's kind of what I've been, that's kind of what's been captured, what I've been um, playing with uh, this last week or so, if you want to start with the hard part five cool. for the week, watching that music video and then now the album being released today. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fresh release. Um, Everyone should go check it out. This album I recommend to be sat down and listened to. This is not, I wouldn't, I, not to say that I'm policing how you should listen to this album, but I, to take in an album like this, I think it really should be treated as 
kind of a movie experience where you're kind of very soul focused, listening to the themes, kind of taking in the music and what the messaging. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the, my my uh, my little my little uh, dad break on uh, Kenny's new release. I'll have to check it out. I'll uh, I'll listen to it and let you know what I think. Uh, if not next week, then before next week in an actual personal conversation. But um, I'll bring it up on the show too. But yeah, that's that's an artist that I've been meaning to check out that multiple friends whose taste I respect uh, have recommended to me. So um, I got to get going on that. But um, I, I think it's cool to, even if, like, there, there's some people who get too focused on is this the artist's best work yet, as opposed to just, like, taking something for what it is and getting into it. I mean... Right. Exactly. I've had two different artists who I was like, there's no way they can possibly follow up the last album they did because it's like a classic and one of their best yep. one of my favorite albums of all time and both of the artists like did a great job of following it up this was like in the year 2019 I won't say the two artists because I'll get made fun of for bringing up these two artists after you bring up like Kendrick Lamar but no no you don't think music, so music uh, no I think I think music <laughs> everyone has their 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 uh their taste okay likes. Kendrick is you know is a certain type of artist and in the hip hop community, all right, um, but no, it's it music is music. Well, Vampire Weekend had a, an album called Modern Vampires of the City in 2013, mm-hmm. which is just like one of my favorites of all time. Super dark and about death. Sure. And uh, Carly Rae Jepsen had an album called yes. Emotion yes. that was mm-hmm. one of the best pop albums of all time. And for both of these I heard, albums, I heard. for both these albums, I'm like, there's no way they can top these. Just I, I'm so nervous about their next two albums and. I don't know. I was in a really healthy place in 2019. I was journaling every day and I was just like open to whatever they did. And neither of them seemed to try to like top the previous album. They just said, here's what I want to do. And they both, exactly both those albums for me are like pretty close to those awesome, like five star albums. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. It seems to me that's what's going on with this Kendrick Lamar thing is like people who, who are down to try it and not compare it to damn or, to pimp a butterfly are having a good time with it. I've seen some, some people trying to police how you listen to it and we're all kind of laughing about it. Um, us music snobs, (laughs) there's (laughs) there's a literal post on Reddit where it's like, here's how you should listen to this album. And Oh my God. There's like like a real post about that. I I don't want to undermine what you talked about at all. So we're not going to talk about it on the pod, but after the pod, I'll talk to you about it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that's true for Mad Men too and for anything like to have an open mind and to not there's there's a saying that comparison is the theft of joy and that's true I've really grown to believe that in my old age where it's like if I can just listen to music and focus on how it's making me feel right now in the present and not think about the past work stuff that the artist has done yeah I'm having fun most of the time yep sometimes I hate it but that's exactly. okay you know yeah comes with the territory and really this is a whole rabbit hole but i don't really hate music anymore like i'll just be like this isn't for me i don't think it's very good but like why would you hate music i just can't fathom it anymore it's like like generally speaking right like music is a pure expression of of you know some sort of inner world that the artist is trying to portray i mean i i just i don't know I feel like music is such a, yeah, that, f- a freeing and beautiful thing that I don't want to hate it because it's it's magic. Yeah, yeah, it really is magic. Uh, I mean, it's one. It's been, it's been one of my backbones 
like literally. I mean, not literally. Use that word weird. You have a, a, so, a backbone. That's yeah. I have two spines. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I have two spines. One made of music, and one uh, made of pure bone. Yeah. Anyway. But um, no, I, I, it's, 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 um, it's one of the things that keeps me enjoying life, man. Me I too. mean, got me through school. Um. It's just it's just that perfect pairing to life that I, I I've always had to have, um, by my side, and um, so it's always weird to like hear people that I don't think it's as common or even that common anymore to hear people that say they don't like, I guess music, which I just I don't know it seems so foreign to me, but I uh, I, I've definitely heard it before more so when i was younger i think i've heard like when i was a kid like a kid be like i don't really like music and i guess it makes sense for a child maybe to say something like that but even still i think i still think it's a little weird but i mean to each his own um music's always been my main pocket so i'm more referring to people on discussion boards that like hyper analyze music and and pick it apart and say i I hate this new album by this band i hate it these guys suck for this one and you know, getting hypercritical, and that's a way that I lived on the internet for like 15 years of my life, and I don't know, I, I just don't want to do that anymore. I, I prefer to like what I like, and then focus on what I like, and if I don't like something that's cool, but I don't like write a treatise or an essay about <laughs> how the artist fucked up, uh, I might just bring it up on a podcast and say, oh, I wasn't a fan of that one. Oh well. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you on that. It it, it was fun to um, banter about people's works um, uh, in the past. Um, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely just I don't. I, I like being in the conversation. I love just back and forth music talk generally. Oh sure, yeah. So I I I I don't mind like kind of critiquing something like with some uh, fellow listener and being like, yeah, you know, I really like this record. The other record, though, I'm not really feeling that, or whatever the case. I, I do like music talk. Well, and one I, of my favorite type of talks. But, constructive criticism yeah. is awesome. I I love that. I love like yeah good critical thinking about music and art. Don't get me wrong, Absolutely. but when it's like bashing and, and going like super negative and like they should be pun- yeah they shouldn't they should feel like yeah. shit for even recording this demo. Like it's like no, they shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're going way too far. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, thank you. That's that's my point. Is I. I don't want people to think like I'm a sycophant and I just say, let's enjoy everything. But I think right. critical discussion is different than ripping into people and, and, and just going too far in one particular direction. Like if you're a sycophant who says everything's amazing about music and, and all music and all art, I'm like, Ooh, I got to stay away from you. Uh, <laughs> same, same goes for if you're a negative Nelly who's super like who hates a certain artist because they haven't done anything good and, in your opinion for a few years then i'm staying away from you too right anyway absolutely uh sorry uh (laughs) the dad break ran a little long in this episode but um oh yeah you know music talk it'll do it yeah uh it's like jazz man (laughs) you tried to you tried to cue me out of that extended solo for (laughs) a few different measures and I was just like trying to like backpedal up. And I was just like, beep, beep, beep. It just I kept going. And you were like, no. <laughs> You're like, and no. Right, right. <laughs> and stop. <laughs> and I just kept going. It's like a, it's like that movie Whiplash. You were trying to, you know, 
conduct and I was just in my own little world. Um, right, exactly. But anyway, it's time for... You, this is a, a Jala-heavy episode. It's time for Jala's Fatherhood Corner. Just motor-mouthing right now. Motor-mouthing. Uh, we are in the Fatherhood Corner section of the episode. Um, I have a few pieces with Don. Um, I want to talk about Don at Sally's B-Day. Um, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. I want to mention some of the bad things that were done from a parental standpoint and some of the good things that were done. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start with the bad. Um, Don at Sally's birthday, the bad, I would say him going to get the cake per Betty's request um, to keep her, to keep him away from <laughs> from Helen, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then just saying fuck it and just never coming back to the party <laughs> was what was, was an interesting move. Uh, one a move that I believe when I first saw it, I, I didn't expect that. I don't think yeah. anyone expects it when they're first go, watching it. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're like okay, he's gonna go get the cake. Obviously, they got to do the candles and everybody's gonna eat cake. This guy just fucking goes out, gets the, the cake, and just drives around that's what i that's what i forgot about when watching it again was like i forgot that he literally goes up to the house and then just veers away <laughs> he, yeah he's just like nah fuck well it. i've without getting too into it there was a period in 2018 where i i've had that i had that moment several times like oh I, i've done it i was unemployed i was unemployed and i was about to start a new job that was going to be like horrible for me Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was really not in a good place, and I was in the parking lot of the place, and I'm just like, I'll just fucking drive away, and I did it, mm-hmm. and I was just such a fuck up, and that's that's why this episode hits with me because like Don's being such a fuck up in that moment. It's like, dude, no. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really he was really distraught about the the him and Mankin Mankin thing that really fucked him up. Like, I think so. He was like, yeah, he really had something. That I don't think he knew. I think he had an inkling it was inkling it was there, but when he really, you know, that kiss and he felt the he felt the feels that he hasn't felt in a long time. Seems like and it. that fucked him up. That he yeah that he couldn't really get back to that. But um, to continue on, um, that action now leaves Betty to go throughout the party by herself while everyone's kind of like oh yeah you know i'm gonna leave there's no cake i'm out of here like one of the couples just jets um <clears throat> has to have has to ask uh, ask helen for um well helen actually volunteers that she has a cake at home a Sara lee and uh basically this is an this is an embarrassment that's going on with uh betty like having to kind of do this party without don um a third piece of the bad is a trick it's a trick piece um don at the end of the night comes home doesn't say anything to betty just is at at the house and apparently gets a dog for sally without asking yeah, <laughs> without asking that's a betty. fucking weird moment and just just brings the dog in Betty's and Betty's just like I don't even know what to say. It just walks away. He literally says nothing to her. He's a fucking mess. He gets it. <laughs> he gets in the house drunk as shit. By the way, he's been drinking this whole episode. This whole episode, pretty much. So like, he was drinking 
when he he woke up, Sally's like, it's my birthday. They tell him to go build the playhouse. He's drinking beers while he's building the playhouse. We forgot to mention that Betty spiked the punch, basically. <laughs> pretty hard, yeah. Yeah, pretty hardcore spiked the punch. He's drinking that. I bet that's like par for the course in the 60s, though. I think they probably had recipes probably. that were like, make sure to pour just tons of this. Don't. It's good for you. Yeah, it's definitely good for you. It does the body good. <laughs> so um, those are some of the bad moments, the bad dad moments there. Um, some of the good moments... Um, pretty simple stuff. Don building uh, Sally's playhouse. You could tell that this is the part of the episode where he's kind of playing dad mode. You know, he doesn't really want to do any of this stuff. He's like waking up early because it's you know it's Sally's birthday, so he's got to be up and alert. Uh, he's got to build the the playhouse in the sun by him, you know by himself. You know this is you know. It's the times he's you know, he's the man, so he's got to build the stuff. It's what the men do. So he's yeah. doing that. Yeah, it's what the men do. They build, they build the things. So, but it's a on the uh, on the good side. You know, he could have he could have left there before building <laughs> before building the <laughs> building the uh, the playhouse. So this is why <laughs> such low expectations. This is why I know, I know, I know. This is why this is a good moment for him. He, he's he's he, he's living up to some dad responsibility, doing things you don't necessarily want to do. Okay, which is building the house. Okay, uh, <laughs> I can identify. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, did he also did some uh, filming uh, during the party? So that he's was doing cute. some video capture. Yeah. That was very cute. Uh, capturing the kids, even capturing some of the the. the um, some of the uh, parents during the show, so he's kind of getting the whole feel of the birthday. That was a cute. That was a cute scene. That was a good, good fatherly thing. But also really um, uh, melancholy too. Like it seemed like yeah. I, I I'll get into what I thought of that more, but <coughs> that's what, that's the interesting thing about that scene is it's like it's played as kind of cute, but it's also got the sad music, and it's clear that Don's kind of going through something because of this. Absolutely, yeah. So through a looking glass, yeah. <laughs> Um, and the good, he got Sally a dog. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> which, which, which is in the bad section, but that's why it says the trick because obviously Don cares a lot about, I, I wrote Don loves the kids. I, yeah. Obviously he loves the kids. You can tell yeah. he goes out of his way, um, in his own way to show that he does love the kids. And, um. He just brought a dog for. Her. I mean, the the playhouse was could have been enough, but he's like, you know, I'm gonna bring a dog. And that was, you know, I'm gonna live it up a little bit. A callback to Rachel saying sometimes a, a dog is a girl's best friend, or that's what a, that's what a, a girl needs. So he's still thinking about Rachel, and that dog is pretty much, you know, a, a reminder of Rachel for him. Yeah, he could he could only hope to craft such a a, a genius as as a uh, Rachel Macon. Yes, Rachel rules. <laughs> um, Good, good dad picks. Um, I was going to bring yeah. up the scene with Pete in Don's office because for me, this was mind-blowing to watch because Don, in in my memory of season one, I remember it as being Don kicking Pete's ass every episode and saying, I hate you. I don't like you. You're a little weasel. But he's very nice to Pete in this scene. I, I think so. Now, are you talking about the scene? I think we're thinking about the same scene you're right, but he, he is very cold as well. Yeah, there's there's I a believe. coldness too. 
there's a very brush off like okay pete all right like <laughs> pete's kind of like trying to pull it in you know it's very son father son yes uh dynamic uh, uh but go ahead on that go ahead on well that, uh, so what i what i liked about it was that pete at first says he missed don uh you know which is cute good to be back and he seems super sincere when he said it that's the the weird oh yeah and at first don throws a barb at him which is a really funny line he says must not have been much of a honeymoon then and (laughs) there's this hilarious again social awkwardness again from pete where pete (laughs) looks at him and then looks down sadly (laughs) and don (laughs) i know but then don don meets him there don meets him and says i'm sorry welcome back How's married life? And he does. He realizes that he was out, he was out of pocket a little bit for this. Bit. And that's the thing. I had no recollection of him doing that for Pete. Usually, I just remember the the biting. You know, uh, must oh, not have been much okay. of a honeymoon, and then Pete leaving. But no, he he had right. a whole conversation with him. Um, no, he did. And it's a sweet conversation. You know, he the, the cute thing that Pete says, but it's also kind of like damning in terms of how he didn't know his wife that well. He says, Trudy's a lot funnier than I expected. And it's like, you yeah. are marrying this person and you're just now finding out her personality? Like, really? <laughs> are you sure? It's very interesting. Yeah, but interesting. but it's kind of cute because he's like, oh, I, I actually really can't look forward to... I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really can't wait to go home because he's so excited to yeah, see... Yeah, he's like, I'm looking forward to it. So there is a part of Pete that genuinely does regret the Peggy thing. And he does love his wife. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, we'll yeah. get into that in in future episodes. I'm sure it's going to come up, uh, but Wink. the the thing that I noticed at the end of that scene was Pete suggests maybe we could all get together, you, me, and the wives, and also cute. And he's excited, and Don says, "Yeah, we'll see about that," or some other half answer, you know. And that's where the convo ends. Neither of them can say anything else. Uh, Pete doesn't say anything else, and just realizes, okay, I have to leave now. And you can see in Pete's expression as he's leaving, Peggy's gone, and he's just kind of left by himself. He's not satisfied with that encounter at all. You can see it no, in his face. absolutely not. But I don't think he hated it, and he's mad at Don, but he's just like, I don't like this. I need to change this. He didn't this. get what he wanted. Yes. He didn't get what he wanted from the conversation. Don was so... <clears throat> Don was so... Um, and this is... I have a... I was thinking about it... Um, and it makes me think that it wasn't just because Pete and him have this weird relationship. I think, honestly, his interaction on the train really threw him off yeah. in the morning. And he was so distant because he like felt so like exposed in a way that he didn't really feel like having this chippy, like, oh yeah, we should hang out. Like, he yeah. was very like... Leave me alone. I need to think about what just happened. But, basically, but that, that's the feel that I thought I I thought he might have been conveying. I don't know that for sure, but that's kind of I was thinking like maybe he's being he seemed a little colder than sometimes usual. Well, like, but Pete, he was very like brush off. But remember, Pete, the last time they talked was when Pete stole his research and said, "I still think oh, it was point. right." So yeah. he's he's keeping Pete at a professional distance, but he's also like yes. letting yes. him. Like, he's giving him another chance, sort of. But you can see there's a professional boundary there where it's like, I'll be polite to you and I'll be nice to you. Right. But I'm not going to say we're going to go hang out and, you know. Right. He can't trust Pete right now, I don't think, is the thing. It's 
it's it's it's a peed at arm's length. There you go. Or whatever you like to say, whatever the phrase is. I like it though. I think that's exactly it. He's at arm's length, and that's why Pete's unsatisfied because he knows that whatever just happened in there was nice, but it's not what he wanted. He wanted yeah friendship and also mentorship and. Oh yeah, he wants that mentorship bad. Yeah, and also <laughs> to get Don's job for some reason, even though he's in accounts. But right, that's a weird part of the show that we'll see if they develop Pete wanting to be creative or not. <laughs> it's the power. It's the power. Yeah, and it's that. Yeah, it's that Don's a people person and uh, people like him. Um, I thought it was interesting that they say, "I know people always talk about this, uh, but I've never seen Don turn it on." So people in the office talk about how Don's you know a lothario and good with women or seems to have chemistry with uh, the ladies i thought that was funny yeah. i never noticed that on previous watches of it that was pretty funny but anyway it's a good catch um so yeah that's i think that's a good fatherhood corner uh don don it was good for you to die, uh to buy the dog but it was also <laughs> bad for you to buy the dog without consulting with your uh missus so we're gonna Ba-boom. we're gonna do our uh, weekly finger wag at don for his for his fatherhood tis, tis, transgressions yeah. and his romantic <laughs> transgressions. Um, Absolutely. For mod men, music. Um, it's a quick one this week. I think that we would be remiss. We already sort of talked about uh, the uh, women empowerment stuff where women feel empowered to go for walks. And uh, back then it was, uh, it was seen as ridiculous, but... Um, the thing that I caught this time watching it that I didn't catch last time, however many years ago it was, was that mm. one of the kids is on crutches. I knew that, but um, I don't know what disease the kid has or what ailment the kid had. But they oh, I think I might know. Was it was it polio? You think? I think it would be polio. Okay. Yeah, it seems like it, right? Comments, I, I don't know that for comments, sure. Comments. Tell us if we're wrong, yeah. please. I know you're gonna be able to do that. Uh, but go ahead. I, as a kid, I always just thought, oh, they, that's just a kid who was roughhousing. But um, he's wearing those crutches or using those crutches. They later talk about it, that he uh, was sick with something and that the husband of the wife goes ballistic whenever someone mentions the vaccine. <laughs> um, so oh. I was like, oh, shit. Good catch, man. Yeah, that, that, Good catch. We don't have to get too into things because the vaccine is a tricky issue for some uh for some folks. for some snowflakes <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no i i just think it's really interesting that we think we're so different from this time period but we're not that different um yeah and also i'm sorry if this offends people but i thought don's comments about who should he film uh chief tiny tim was <laughs> really really fucking funny oh shit he did say that <laughs> the that's kids, right the kids I, wearing I, I, a, I didn't make the connection yeah, the kids wearing a native american uh headdresser i don't know the term for it but he calls him chief tiny tim which is like god damn it don yeah. it's so funny but so i know yeah but um yeah i i it's just it feels like something you could hear in conversation today where it's like oh the kid got covid and the parents didn't want him to get the vaccine they'll get pissed off if you say anything about it um right it's kind of interesting um it's very interesting i think i think that that does wrap around to you know vaccine talk it's funny that vaccine talk is like a consistent thing that comes up regardless of what the issue is it, it always come up as like a some type of sh- a struggle or whatever the case but yeah, yeah i mean not to get too into it to the weeds of that but 
that's um that's a that's a good that's a good catch for um for the mod men I, I believe I, I i think for me um i really liked um i really liked uh this uh this scene that kind of harkens back to old guard new guard in a, in a little in a very small way um where don basically mentions how um basically tells pete um, I was told uh, men aren't supposed to wear jewelry or something like that. Yeah. Or aren't supposed to like jewelry. Something along the lines of that. And he's talking about his cufflink. Yeah. And, and, and Pete, being the younger guy, says, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at the wedding ring. You can kind of see this divide in styles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that, that continues, that will continue to persist as like the old style kind of has this very, ar- not archaic, but very stonish way of thinking about fashion and you know labeling things more of a quote-unquote woman type thing yeah and um you can see how pete being a younger guy kind of embracing the whole fashion. idea of like yeah having that having that having that uh, be a part of his uh part of his uh on his person basically so i i actually really like that as a as a little uh note in the episode subtle i agree with you that's definitely part of it for sure um, I want to add there's a little note of Pete wanting the conversation to get back to him and his married life too. so there's a double That's cute, yeah. but, but it is he's definitely <laughs> responding to what Don said but he goes I kind of like it and then he goes back to Trudy and so he's he's you know, wanting to make sure it's a way to bring the conversation back around <laughs> yeah it's cool it's cool Pete we get it we get it um, the one other modern thing I want to talk about to sort of close out this episode is um my last thing about mod mod men and something that's more modern is um, there's a moment at the party where Don and Betty's neighbor he says I'm going to tell you guys a joke that I heard and um, he tells a joke that is basically uh, your wife and your lawyer are drowning and you have a choice to make and you know your mind goes to are you going to save your wife or your lawyer but um, his his question was are you going to see a movie or go to lunch. Uh, so, and you know, no, nobody's like super loving it, but there's a few polite laughs and they're, they're thinking this is a, it's an okay joke, but, um, Don leaves pretty quickly after that joke, which is kind of interesting. Um, he's like, forget it. But here's what I thought was interesting, man. Um, I think that the, the older guy and the wife who gets super offended at that joke, um, I think he's the only like modern husband guy in the show that I've seen so far where he actually cares about his wife. You can see he cares about his wife and holds her, consoles her. And there's this moment where Don is filming them with the camera and he's like, what am I seeing? Like he's deeply moved by it, but it's also like confused because it's like a loving relationship where they like, yeah, are both leaning on each other. And, um, you know, he, I think they intentionally cast the guy to look a little bit dopier and older than the other guys. But he doesn't, you'll you'll notice he and his wife don't get into the caddy, uh, forgive the language, folks, but the uh, the hen pecking, as that one guy said. And they <laughs> yeah, also, it's mentioned in the show. They also don't get into the, um, the guy's talk about Helen Bishop. He's not involved with that, as far as my memory right. serves. He is with his right. wife, and they love each other, and they're hanging out. And, uh... Instead of like making her feel bad for being offended by the joke, he's talking to her about it, you know. And uh, yeah, 
I don't know. I just thought that was really neat, and it's an outlier on the show where most of these guys would say, pull yourself together. You're embarrassing me. But he cares about her and her feelings, you know? Yeah, that was cute. So That was definitely cute. I thought that was a modern moment where it's like we can be – we don't have to act like cavemen. We can be emotionally available for our women and our partners of all kinds. So – as we should, as we should. As we should. That's what being a dad man is all about. Is all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Jala. Well, I think that's another successful episode in the books. Um, in the can. In the can. Uh, but yeah, really fun doing this with you this week. Uh, yeah, man. Make sure to leave comments and send us messages about whatever you want to talk about. Hopefully it's Mad Men, but... Um, mm-hmm. Tips about things that we talked about in the episode. Yeah, and let us know what let us know what guys. we missed because we we didn't really even talk about the the book that Peggy gets recommended, which is like a salacious book that got banned in a few places. Um, oh yeah, we didn't even talk about Very that. Scene. Yeah, and uh, maybe on Patreon. Maybe on <laughs> pa- that's right because we don't want this to be taken down by uh, Fuckerberg and uh, Susan, whatever her name is from YouTube. No, they're good people. They're good people. We like them very much. Don't take it down. I got, I got a working relationship with them. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but we will see you next week. Uh, until then, remember, the medium is the message. This has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.